Ahoy, mates, and welcome to a very special edition of the Sense of Adventure podcast. This summer, Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Wines and TuneIn are teaming up to take listeners on a curated audio adventure alongside some of the most exciting names in music. Coppola Diamond Collection wine cans can go anywhere, and so can our Sense of Adventure podcast. The series highlights the confluence of music, food, and travel by way of intimate conversations with touring musicians. Our six-part series will feature two very different and very popular artists, country music star Margot Price and pop sensation Borns. At each stop, we'll take our artists off of the well-worn touring road and keep it weird with a trip to a roadside attraction, an odd tourist trap, or an unexpected slice of Americana. Our goal here is to highlight how maintaining a sense of adventure inspires their creative process and helps them live life on the road to the fullest. It was 82 degrees and cloudless when we picked up Borns in a cadmium yellow Datsun 240Z with a tip of a cap to Jerry Seinfeld and James Corden. The car was built in 1971 as the essential Japanese sports car. It's also a stick shift and ready to race at any moment. So we raced through three mile an hour traffic downtown, 32 mile an hour traffic on the 10 West and 14 mile an hour traffic on the 405 South. Yo, Garrett Bournes jumping in the car for the Sense of Adventure podcast series. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, what a beautiful ride you have here. Oh, thank you, man. We, you know, the conceit of this thing is uh, keep it weird, do something different. And even by our standards and how we thought this thing would play out is picking you up in a 240Z on the way to like a burned out yacht rock party. Beautiful. It's pretty dope. I was actually just, I was was at a warehouse rave down here. I still haven't slept. The only way to cure jet lag is just to not sleep for like 48 hours. That's the only way to do it. Or something like that. Get yourself back on schedule, right? And it's just that time of year, you know, why sleep? Why sleep? Nocturnal energy is just everywhere. You arrived in LA just prior to dopamine. What, 2014, 15, you moved to LA? Um, yeah, like 2014. Yeah. Grand Haven, Michigan, correct? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful coastal Grand Haven, Michigan. It's over by the by the pinky or is that by the thumb? It's over by the pinky knuckle and the Michigan yeah, hand, yeah, right? Yeah, it's on yeah. this side. But how are you finding Los Angeles with respect to um, inspiration and the full breadth of art that you look at from artists to music scene how are you finding Los Angeles well Los Angeles is a place of many pockets you can get really lost and there's always something new to accidentally stumble upon so that's what I like about LA and I like finding just like kind of like those hole-in-the-wall places where you're like yeah what is that? And then you go in and you're like, oh, this is a completely different universe. Right. And uh, yeah, my, my neighborhood when I was recording my second record was this amazing neighborhood filled with chihuahuas and an ice cream truck that went back and forth playing music all day and mariachi bands at night. It was just this, they had this vibrancy and like all this musical energy. That was uh, just really... The ever-present sound and rhythm yeah. of Banda is so powerful and so prevalent. You know? uh, of what? Banda. Banda music. Boom, Banda. Boom, 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 oh, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So that's the mariachi music? Uh, yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. 
and all the similarities between Banda and Eastern European music and Gypsy music and in that tempo, even German music in that in that tempo, it's folk music, you know. Uh -huh. And I love that part of Los Angeles. It's, yeah. it's always there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's always just kind of like the Pied Piper downtown. Yeah. If you follow some guy that plays maracas, you'll probably find yourself drinking tequila until five in the morning and some little speakeasy. We should probably get into some tropical drinks. Yeah. I, I feel very rum diaries right now with my, like, Hunter S. Thompson shades. <laughs> Those are strong Hunter Thompson shades. <laughs> we'll definitely get into some white wine on the boat for uh -oh. sure. Rosé? There might be some rosé. There's going to be some Pinot Grigio. Absolutely sure. Some Chardonnay. <laughs> Dang. You just flew back from the other side of the world, huh? I'm talking about jet lag. Yeah, for real. I was just in uh, the Ukraine, in Eastern Europe, in Kiev. Wow. What's yeah. it like to do shows in Kiev? That was my first time playing there. Really beautiful city. I got into a boat. We took it around the city. The person, like I'm a loudspeaker telling the history, was all in Russian, so I had no idea what they are saying. But it was more of the experience, you know? And we didn't even have an opening band. It was just us. And I really didn't know what to expect, but the city is so beautiful, and the people are so beautiful. And they were, like, throwing flowers. It was pretty incredible. I was like, dang, I'm definitely gonna come back here. <laughs> Electric Love had probably been a, an anthem for those people and people all over the world, obviously, for such a long time, and they get to yeah. see Borns do it in Kiev. Yeah, it was pretty magical, man. Sometimes it does not feel real. Garrett Borns is an enigma, and I think he likes to keep it that way. Many fans are often surprised to learn Bourne's signature soaring falsetto actually belongs to a man. A six foot, three inch leggy brunette dude, to be exact. He's an art school kid from a tiny Midwestern town on the pinky knuckle of Michigan. He's become an international sex symbol for a wide range of the gender spectrum. Bournes has a reverence for art and spirituality and has a serious case of the smarts. He's as comfortable leading a TED Talk as he is rocking out on stage or catwalking on an Italian runway as a muse and model for Gucci. He's a pop star on Interscope. That's all you really need to know, but we wanted to know a whole lot more, so we invited Bournes to examine his sense of adventure and see how it relates to his creative process. Our planned destination was Marina Del Rey to hop aboard the modern-day love boat, the Tiki Mermaid, or more correctly, the Tiki 2, its younger cousin, for a three-hour tour of white wine and yacht rock at 12 noon on a Tuesday. About three minutes after we picked up Garrett, he told us he'd almost died the night before, and our adventure really got underway. So, I, uh, here's a story for you. So I, I came back from... Eastern Europe, we played our last show, we got on a plane, and just like customs on top of customs, 20 sure. hours of travel. By the time you get back to LA, it's like you've been traveling for like 24 hours already. Mm -hmm. and so I landed, went to the farmer's market, tried to just like regulate myself, get over my jet lag, and I'm walking back to my apartment, and all of a sudden, I just hear someone from the side of the road yell, Hey! And like, I look up, 
And at that time, I'm like on this dude's hood. And I get like hit by a car. And like I, I like roll over his hood, like legs Holy in the shit. air, and then land on my feet somehow, just like cat-like reflexes. And uh, this is yesterday. Uh, yeah. Or in the last forty-eight unknown, confusing hours. This was yes, very recently. Holy and, shit! Um, and I didn't even see it coming. This dude just like blew uh, red, and just I just like completely just like Bruce Lee roll over this dude's hood and land on my feet and the people on the side of the road are looking at me and I'm looking at them and their face is like what how did you just do that <laughs> it was pretty crazy I've never gotten hit by a car before but it definitely cured my jet lag so, <laughs> so yeah holy so, wake up so there you have it well, welcome well back to done, LA man. thank you that's super scary <laughs> yeah it was pretty intense <laughs> Pull that off with those long legs of yours. <laughs> you I don't know. And you ran it out. Yeah, you're like, I survived Europe tour and come back to LA, and it's like, you know, it's a different, it's a love language down here, I guess. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so that was six minutes into our conversation, and things didn't get less interesting when we started talking about the gods of glam rock. In the grand tradition of Prince, David Bowie, and Freddie Mercury, pop icons whose posters and set lists are pasted up everywhere in Bourne's' mental hall of inspiration, Garrett's music and character defy genre, gender, and limitation. Another deep source of inspiration for Bourne's is T-Rex's Mark Bolin, lesser known than those other huge names, but a true artistic innovator who Garrett refers to as top secret amazing. It's definitely summer, huh? Uh, it's summer. It, it's it like, warmed up quickly. It's quite warm. Hopefully it'll be nice and cool down on the boat. So for this particular adventure, um, we have secured a uh, remarkable vessel called the uh, Tiki Mermaid. Uh, Tiki it is the, Mermaid? The Tiki Mermaid, man. It's Those somewhere are... between a yacht and a burned out houseboat. And uh, wow. we're gonna load uh, you, a couple of your bandmates, uh, some friends on this boat, go take a tour of the marina, uh, maybe even go out on the water for a little bit. Beautiful and uh, just talk to you about what you've been up to, talk to you about where you, where you came from and, and how you're finding this moment uh, in your life as an artist. It's a big moment, your second record. Yeah. The record is amazing, man. Thanks, man. It covers so much ground. It's not that dopamine did not, and I think that's what put everyone on notice, is that there was a rock and roll musician approaching things with a glamorous pop sensibility and the weight of the songs and the production, honestly, that you brought to it was, again, it put it put the world on notice. Thanks, man. Well, I don't like to get too caught up in influences, but there's also the fact that, and it's not a comparative or judgment thing, but yeah. the fact that there's a lot of even arty rock music that doesn't come from a place of such pure inspiration as yours. And I know you've heard uh, the Mark Bolin thing a lot. Not as much as you think. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know Mark Bolin or just the... I mean, they might know Bang It Gong, but, like, not kind of his influence on glam rock and, like, and, and what a sort of mystical being he was, you know? Right. He's kind of like a top-secret, just, amazing. like, hero. Yeah, and that's kind of getting at my point, that there isn't a lot of art rock that really shows a respect to some forefathers of doing some things yeah, yeah. and the first time I heard your music I was like oh my god we may have our Mark Bolin <laughs> this man can write glamorous ubiquitous pop songs wrapped up in 
artistic rock and roll. And I uh, I'll take know, that. Was, was blown away. Oh, um, thank you. Man, people compare you to Freddie Mercury. <laughs> that's gotta. <laughs> I mean, that's a big one. It's just like, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like these really pivotal rock and roll icons, they don't resemble each other at all. They're their own person. They sure. have their own way of approaching music. And it's so primal for them. You can tell that like that's what they were made to do. I'm always trying to tap into my primal source of creativity and like what makes me feel good to sing and to write and what feels real and you know just like makes me forget about everything else. So you can tell when you watch people like Bolin or Bowie or Iggy Pop perform like they are only in that moment. They are so in that moment and they are living what they're meant to do. So. I always take that as inspiration. You know? You've done that, man. You own that and project that in this day and age, and to get across that that's uh, how you're really feeling it in a primal way. <laughs> Good on you, man. Well, thanks. You feel like a particularly spiritual person to me. I mean, we've just met, but yeah. uh, it feels like there's a lot of getting clear with yourself that is in what enables you to do your art. Is that true or somewhat accurate? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of kind of self-reflection that goes into making any kind of art and I think I do a lot of that maybe too much of that sometimes but uh, I definitely need still my creative sort of solitude even when I'm on the road or just traveling it can be a lot of just being constantly around people so I always have to remove myself to like you know figure out like I feel like I have to, I always have to have a flow of creativity happening otherwise I feel just like stagnant and so I try to tap into that when I can. That muscle's a gift. Yeah, it's weird how, like, the universe works because sometimes even when you're creating something and it's, like, the smallest, it's just, like, a word or a line or just a, a melody that you're like, oh, well, it's, like, you know, it's a stupid idea. Or, like, you downgrade your thoughts or you don't give validity to your creative ideas. But those moments that you do and then you return to those, whether you wrote it down or recorded it, you always realize like what that moment really was and it's a very honest moment, you know? So there's a lot of songs that I'm like, I don't know why I'm writing this down. It seems so silly to write this down. And then it always fits into something that I'm working on. It's always the missing piece, you know? So The missing piece that resonates with an emotion that you have in yeah. some other situation? So I believe in the muses constantly weaving together these thoughts that you have, you know? Like, you should always know that your thoughts are valid and beautiful and unique, you know, and, and not shy away from what might sound weird or what you might think sounds weird, you know, like, I've done that too many times and then once I actually do what I feel, it's just like, oh yeah, that's the truth. Each one's unique, right? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, you started as a, a visual artist, right? You started expressing yourself first as a, as a visual artist and kind of design artist, is that true? Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I think that just came from my dad's influence. He's an amazing artist, like, portraiture is kind of his strong point. But yeah, he got me into, like, drawing and painting, and I would have his hand-me-down, like, really early Mac laptops that had, like, design software on it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I was really into just, like, designing logos and working with type styles and stuff at a pretty young age. Um, cause, uh, 
sound like you were really gifted at this, was, man. I mean, I'm figuring well, this out quickly. You're a humble dude, but man. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think I was just, the, there was just resources around me, and I was I just see. trying to use, I was just trying to use those resources. You know, Inspiration just, and resources. Yeah, definitely. Because I think music to me is like, I'm doing music because it facilitates other things. Like, it allows me to travel and see other places in the world that then inspire music. So it's like this really amazing cycle that I've been very lucky to kind of embark on for like three years of my life, just traveling and documenting these travels and meeting people and falling in love and having my heart broken and like putting those things into this artsy time capsule, <laughs> you know, and then just so coming back, back to LA day. and smoking a joint being like, did that just happen, man? <laughs> Not every day somebody wins a eight thousand dollars scholarship for this design stuff that you were playing around with on, on <laughs> a, an early Mac laptop. And moving that scholarship and moving yourself into the art and design world was music always part of what you were doing? Was art did art take you to music, or was it just about self-expression and you were going to get to all of it? I was kind of open to whatever it was at the moment. Like uh, music was kind of always present because my folks had a like a baby grand piano and I'm really glad that that was just chilling in my living room because I spent so much time just like pounding out stuff on that piano what about the um, great art scene gallery scene graphic art scene mural scene downtown LA is that comforting to be able to have that yeah I've met a lot of muralists down there yeah it's really cool I feel at home with painters like I grew up with this uh, there was like this warehouse downtown that like I used to have a studio in and there was all these painters in there and there's something about meeting someone like shaking someone's hand that has paint all over their hands that you're just like I trust you for some reason <laughs> or maybe I don't trust you I don't know you're living right regardless have you been working on uh, on design and layout of your own record covers as well I know photography is a big part of it as it ties together your, yeah. your, your fashion sense and your aesthetic as a whole but do you, do you design uh, from a layout perspective as well uh, yeah I mean I mock stuff up and I have my just like references and inspiration but I work with this art director Brian Rodinger that he does a lot of my layouts and clothing designs and um, oh wow and we did this billboard together for Coachella it was bright yellow and just said this is your brain unborns because uh, I wanted to make a billboard. Oh, that's that, dope. That was on the way out there, yeah, right? I wanted it to feel like a like a like a nineties anti drug ad, you know? For transcendence in the desert. It was an ad for transcendence in the desert. <laughs> and people would be like, What's what's a borns? What, what do you mean this is my brand? What does that mean? And then they see me running around in tiny little shorts and they're like, Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> Obviously, visual art and design is closely tied with, with music, but uh, what's with this, you know, the powerful uh, Michigan tie to that, you know, Tycho and those artists that are equal parts design and, uh, and artists and musicians, all from Michigan. What's going on uh -huh. with that? It's definitely nothing too new. I think, uh, right. I mean, a lot of music that's changed the game has come from from Michigan, you know, Motown. Sure. I mean, garage rock. <laughs> yeah. The Stooges. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The godfather of punk, man. Yeah. 
I got to see him a couple of times when he was doing that thing with uh, Mike Watt on bass. And it's like, mm. you've got the godfather of, you know, of, of L.A. punk and underground and garage. Mike Watt playing bass with Iggy Pop. That's pretty cool. Yeah, wow. There's something that feels good about sweating your ass off in an old cool car in Los Angeles. It feels like we're, yeah. It just like, feels right. Like we're paying dues in some way, right? Some sort of rite of passage. Yeah, it's like you're not supposed to experience this car with air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> or it would have been designed that way, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be sweating in every crevasse and overheating. Woo! Steamy. Glasses are fogging up. I bet those popsicles in the back are like just a puddle now. So much for that. Oh, your guitar's back there. Yeah. Hopefully she's okay. You know what? We're in Los Angeles rolling around town on this dope ride. I think there's one thing we should definitely do. Let's bump some music. Uh-oh. When you're in a cool car driving around Los Angeles, it makes sense to turn up the music and rock out for a bit. It's also pretty cool to have a major pop star riding shotgun to walk you through its creative process. We're gonna roll down the windows, drive through Venice, and listen to Faded Heart. With Borns, Garrett Borns himself, listening to the new record. So yeah, I heard the new single, and, I was, and you went to the chorus of the first single, I was like, oh man, the Mark Bolan T-Rex thing had never been stronger. And the doubling and tripling of your voice plus backing vocals, so dope, man. Who is the producer on this record? Tommy English. Tommy English. The one and only. That dude is my favorite producer. That's a bad man. Of all time. work with Tommy on arrangements for the record, or were those all in uh, in Borns' mind already? Uh, yeah, Tommy and I arrange stuff together. Um, most of it happens just in a small studio, and uh, we both kind of trade off instruments, and uh, I feel like the arranging of songs is always like just getting down different parts and then kind of mixing them around, you know? Because uh, sometimes when you think you wrote the chorus, you actually wrote the verse. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and having and, a sounding board or somebody like Tommy to help you find figure that out is... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Tommy and I, we just have fun. We just have a good time. We're always down for a good time. Who's not? This is a good time. Oh, the breeze is good, too. Oh, there we go. Feeling Dang. like we're getting closer to the boat. I can taste the salty air. Um, but on this one, I felt like a little bit of a Kevin Parker. There's always been fuzzy guitars, but I heard like some, you know, Tame Impala feeling fuzzy guitars. I mean, Kevin Parker's the god. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's a an inspo, that guy. 
I don't know if I can put my name in the Well, no, you're, you're a humble person, and, and I absolutely, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. It's there, man. Uh, the, 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 the writing, uh, the production, um, uh, the, the content matter, the psychedelia of it is there. That's kind of how it always is. At first, like when you first are playing a new record, it's like you want to make everything sound as close to the record as possible. Sure. And then after playing a good amount of shows, then you get to a point where you're just like, fuck it. These songs are going to live and breathe how they want to, you know? Sure. There's, you can like wrestle them to perfection as much as you want, but it's so much more fun just to put your, put your balls into it. We were talking to the guys and the gals in the band about meeting us down at the boat and um, super sweet and all game for like, let's go do something weird, you know? Yeah, we have a, <laughs> we have a lot of weird times together, so this is just quality time. So they're going to bring some gear down. Um, we got a little PA set up on the roof of the boat. And if we were super duper lucky and the wind was right and you were feeling it, maybe we were going to hope that you could do a, a little impromptu sesh a little impromptu sesh of uh of faded heart maybe another couple of things off the new record sure word man i mean you know if the band's there and everything's plugged in sure <laughs> why well, how could we not can i invite a friend to the boat yes please thanks for joining us for episode four of the sense of adventure podcast presented by francis coppola diamond collection wines be sure to tune in for our next episode where we climb aboard the Tiki 2 for an unforgettable acoustic performance by Borns. We'll see you next time.